Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Marie. And this is Mock It, a podcast for MetroStar, where we take a deep dive look into UX design, trending design topics, and making our work transform the government. Let's get started. Yes, we're going to talk about forming partnerships and building relationships with customers. So unlike last episode, <laughs> you get to be in the hot seat. Um, so, well, I guess we'll first, we'll start out easy, because we'll both talk about... Um, how do we find ourselves working with a customer um, in government, and how is it different from working in commercial? Yeah, so I think uh, first off on like a like a big picture, um, a lot of the ways you end up working with a government customer is mm-hmm. you work for a government consulting firm like MetroStar. Yeah, <laughs> and then um, depending upon how the company, is, the consulting firm is is set up, you. You either get hired on um, to a direct project, or you get hired on as a as a particular skill set role that then mm-hmm. you is needed for that project yeah. or that time period. Exactly. So uh, that that's how usually getting into a customer or a client customer works. And then um, for for myself, how I how I found MetroStar was. Uh, I was uh, living in in Ann Arbor at the time. I'm from D.C. I was living in Ann Arbor as my wife was finishing up law school, and we wanted to come home back to D.C. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, before the quarantine, we had I did a virtual interview right. with you actually, right. and we talked about that a couple episodes ago, episode two or three. Yeah, I think three. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, and so I just I got I got lucky that uh, there was a position that fit that that I was interested in and that you guys are interested in having mm-hmm. me. So it just it worked out well. And then um, I've been with our current client for over two years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel like a pandemic timing it doesn't like yeah close by yeah but yeah because it's, it's 2021 and we did the first launch in 2019. So even before it's been almost two and a half years. 30. Yeah, yeah. It was like that summer fallish time. Mm-hmm. June of uh, yeah. 2019, I started. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so glad you joined. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so for me, this is this will probably have a lot of opinions. Um, I'm a big fan of um, like recruiting agencies. So I, um, it's how I found my first job as well. I like the whole. It's kind of like a long extended tryout with the company. So coming from sports and coaching sports, um, I like that tryout period, right? Both the company is trying me out for those, uh, usually it's about like four to six months the contracts are, but as much as the company is trying me out and seeing if I'm a good fit culturally, like do I get my work done and all of that stuff, like I'm also trying out the company. Do I like what the role is shaping out to be that I like signed on for? Do I like the culture as well? Like. So, and I've had both, like, positive and, like, situations where it's all like, this also doesn't work for me, and gone on to the next. Um, so, that's how I came to Metro Star um, was through one of those recruiting agencies, and then, so I was a sub, and then converted to a Metro Star employee, um, because it was great. I liked, um, I think within my time, I'd been on three different projects supporting. Um, I got to know a handful of designers throughout Metro Star as well as like just getting different experiences and even though they were different like I liked them all the time and um, Metro Star like uh, my first job 
I like that there's more work than there are people because that is definitely there's room to grow there's room to stretch um, and the same skill sets that you like and enjoy and then also in um, other ones that you don't have yet so yeah I uh, I definitely agree I think um, I, you know just from the two years I've been with Fashion Star I've definitely grown because there are there are so many ways that you can stretch on a project mm-hmm. and there are so many ways that um, you're your project managers and your teammates will support you to trying out a new skill, trying out a new um, like process or something just to see if that will help team efficiency. Mm-hmm. And then you as a person, people are pretty supportive of you being like, you know, this is not in my wheelhouse, but yeah. maybe it'd be cool to try coding. Maybe it would be cool to try X, Y, Z or designing or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's been a very supportive culture for going a little bit outside of, you know, what you're strictly hired for and like maybe like what like your your skill set is, you know, it, yeah. it's, uh, you're able to grow. Yeah, there is definitely career growth and skill growth. Um, talking about that, <laughs> big news, Liz is officially a PM. Do you, you want to give the specific yeah. title on your testing and all? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, thanks for that. This uh, <laughs> uh, Last week, uh, Marie and my, my team and my, my project owners uh, uh, were very kind and let me take a boot camp for the PMP, which is the Project Management Professional Certification. So for those of you that may be unaware or um, new to the project management PM world or sometimes it's called program management depending upon the context but in our context today PM will stand for project manager or project management um, it it's a it's a certification test that you you study for for depending upon you know how how much uh, you need to catch up or, or learn about it it can be anywhere from several months to you know somewhere in the month's range. Uh, so yeah, so um, I finished a boot camp last week and I took a four hour exam on Saturday and thankfully passed. So now I can say I have a PMP certification. So I'm very excited about that and very happy and relieved that, <laughs> that the test went my way. So yeah, um, but definitely this is something that as we were talking about like growth and, and stuff like that, um, as many as probably a lot of organizations have, and something that definitely MetroStar has, it's, you know, you work on your your individual career plan path and sort of, like, you come in as whatever you are. Like, this is like, you know, I came in as a content strategist, and mm-hmm. then now I've sort of moved around within the UX field and then um, sort of in, now into the, P, the project management world. And getting a PMP was something that was a goal of mine, and I had all the support and... Um, like luck that our current project manager and program manager were like, go for it, go for it. And they taught like a ton of skills that um, you wouldn't really, you learn as you go, but also you need someone guiding you. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that we've been really, really lucky with on our project that you have people who are guiding you. You have people Mm -hmm. that are like, you know, showing you the ropes of like, this is what this document is, or this is what this document is, or this artifact, and like learning it in practice, mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, you can read a book all you want, and maybe that works for a lot of people who just like that's their learning style, but mm-hmm. for me, I needed like experience. experience on the job. Yeah. Yeah. Getting your hands dirty. Yeah. So now as a PM, and we've talked about it before, um, are building the relationship with our customer. Yes. Uh, you know, getting to start 
being the ones sending the emails rather than CCing on it because um, our program manager was sending it for us. Just how that, do you want to talk about how our relationship with our customer has evolved from like that very like sort of stiff, it was all communication was going through our program manager and now right there's multiple touch points to our customer. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's actually been one of my favorite parts of our project mm -hmm. is we really, as it like, when we first when we, when we first joined the project, it was there's definitely like a um, like a fence up. Yeah. Of you know, you would go through our program manager to send different emails, and you know, it she would put that it was from us, but it wouldn't be on our from our email. Mm -hmm. So we sort of just evolved in I would say like a really natural way of just you know taking on different meetings that mm -hmm. you know our PM would be like here lead this. Yeah. So then it like we got to have more FaceTime in meetings and then from there kind of escalated that well if we're leading meetings it we should be also leading the communication around this mm -hmm. topic and you know one thing that our team does do which I I would recommend and um, I I actually think it's a huge benefit for us we do peer reviews of mm -hmm. emails we're sending out so just in case like you know you have a little typo here or there or like even like more substantive stuff. I know that like I've drafted stuff with like dates in it being like, hey, like, <laughs> yeah, just like those just, more intense emails where you're like, this needs to happen, but only pretty please. Yeah, like <laughs> exactly. And it's like finding that right tone. And I think as you just like in any scenario, as you get to work with someone more, you know, you people have different styles, like even like us working with our client, mm -hmm. like, you know, um, we were, you know, you just have your natural style of writing an email, your natural mm -hmm. style of re of leading a meeting or like presenting work or something like that. And I think just sort of, you know, one communicating to your your PM or your project manager, whomever mm -hmm. that you want to take on this larger role, I think is step one. Because I think that's definitely something that I know I talked to RPM about yeah. being like, you know, in our like reviews or whatever, saying I want to take this this larger role. Mm -hmm. And having that support was definitely key to give, like, one, my own confidence, and then two, like, you know, as an employee, to, like, you know, you're not breaking process. Right. And I think talking about process, right, from, we do have peer reviews of um, our emails or, like, um, our calendar events because we have gotten really good in the, right, people send out meeting invites, and sometimes you join and you're like, I don't even know what this is about. Our team has gotten really good to make sure we're always including that in for our customer. Uh -huh. Um, so, right, the customer knows when they've accepted that meeting, what are they accept, accepting, what's expected to be talk, talked about. Um, if they need to prep, we've thrown in stuff just like, you know, if you have the time, like, here's, like, the specific questions or topics we're reviewing. If not, like, all good, too. But I think that's helped to develop um, trust with them, right, and that we've also hit all of those topic points. And then if something has come up um, in the meeting, we're like, okay, like, are you comfortable talking about this now or we can schedule a follow-up meeting um so really like you know it's respect showing care for them right we always want our customers to look good so how do we support that yeah i think that's a, a great point you brought about um, about the meeting invites especially because you know on your team you're so used to being able to be like you know touch base on xyz mm -hmm. and like of course, the person the other person knows what you're touching base yeah. on because you're like in You've the been team talking before about yeah, it. like, in like yeah. a daily stand up or something. Mm -hmm. But 
sometimes you don't have that luxury with your client or if you're talking with um, a stakeholder for an interview or something like that. Yeah, I think that's a, a great point that you brought up that I think that tip is like really worked well for our team mm-hmm. and worked well with um, building that relationship with our client because it just, as you said, it's the respect thing and then it's trust building. Like our client knows that we're not going to waste their hour of time between like one and two as we're meeting about right. whatever we're meeting about because we're coming in prepared and it's not going to be like us fumbling for the first 15 minutes hoping that we can like make pull, it up yeah right? like pull it together <laughs> so uh and then one other thing um before we dive in a little bit deeper we will probably use a shorthand for core it's a cor mm-hmm. which is a contracting officer representative so that is someone who if you're on a government contract a government contract it is the government employee that oversees your contract mm-hmm. And then a lot of times it could be the decision maker, depending upon how things are are structured. But in our case, we, we interact with our core daily. Um, yeah. And it's become really, instead of it being like, uh, you know, client and us, it's really like a relationship that's mm-hmm. like, we're both on the same team, we're both striving for the same goal. Mm-hmm. And so that's been something that's been really... Um, that we've worked hard to achieve, but now it's a very, you know, it's very collaborative yeah. with them. And I don't know if you felt this, like when we first started sending emails, I was like, Oh, like I cannot have so a so intense. Yeah. Like I cannot have a typo. I can't like, I gotta be like, like very like professional, but now it's, um, you know, you kind of ease into that relationship of it's going to be okay. Like, you know, yeah. they, they know you, you know them and, um, like no harm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. I do not have my panic attacks before hitting send anymore that I've like royally screwed up. Um, <laughs> Reading 50 times to make sure that you didn't forget a word. Right. Oh, yeah. And now I can like just shoot off like one offs um, fairly confidently. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I think that's been um, that's been a really nice benefit as we've grown this relationship with our client. And then one thing that we also manage is competitive relationships between, um, so our, we obviously have a government client. We are not the, the only one that has a contract with our government client. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of building that happens between us and other contractors just, you know, to get the work done. It, it's, um, we have a key piece of work, another contractor may have another key piece of work, and it's, it can't be... Um, Everyone has to work together for the common goal. Mm-hmm. And so that's definitely something that our team has, I think, worked hard on the last few years because we've we've gotten to know different co- contractors. Mm-hmm. We've gotten to um, really parse out what their skill sets are and what they're, like where they're coming from from a particular angle for their project. Yeah. Yeah, I think I completely agree. Um, right, so... We have, like, how do you manage the competitive relationships? And when you, like, I think it's we took the competition out of it, right? We all knew that we had um, our aspect of the project to meet the customer's goals and to put them in the best light that instead of, you know, because sometimes there's this, like, oh, let me call out, you didn't do your job, or, oh, I can't do my job because so-and-so didn't. We've, instead of changing, like, that tone of our conversations, right, it's been very collaborative of, hey, our user research says this in the patterns. We think this is a really good idea. We don't do the content um, specifically, but so we can go to the team who does do the content or 
Um, there's a part of the application that we don't work on, but we can share the data that we have just come across. Because um, like I said in the previous episode on design systems, the end users don't realize that they're different parts of the project and that they're different teams. So sometimes when we're having some customer interviews, we get information not specifically on what we're touching, but that we're open to share it and open to sharing that design system. It's become a collaborative relationship instead of competitive. So, yeah, I I totally agree, and I think uh, one thing that uh, one thing that was definitely new to me coming on to government contracts is you 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 have to there your core always has to be a touch point. Mm-hmm. So we can't directly go to our counterpart on. A different um, in a, in a in a competitive in a competitor. Um, yeah, someone outside of Metro yeah, Star. Yeah, someone outside of we Metro. Can't, Star. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, um, so like we can't go to our colleague that's on a different contract because, like, you as a Metro Star person can't dictate work to someone else unless that work has been um, approved by the core. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a triangular relationship, but. As Maria was just saying, like we've taken that competition out of it, as we have like a common goal. Mm-hmm. So then that way it is like we're all working for the same thing, and we found ways that, you know, making sure that our uh, first off that our our project manager and program manager are included on everything. Mm-hmm. So that way, if there's anything like our PM isn't going to be blindsided by anything, and then that way, you know, I'm sure the PMs of different contracts talk to each other, so then they yeah. like you know everyone's on the same page. So that's something that we have made sure to do, that we are very open on our team, um, both in our stand-ups, but also in communication that people are CC'd and know what's going on. And then also working with our core, if we need to reach out to someone on a different contract, it is, we get that approved so it's no, um, there's no conflict. And again, it's making sure that it's out of respect and communication, like abundance of communication Mm -hmm. to make sure that reason we're doing x y or z or requesting another contractor to do x y or z is for the greater end user benefit yeah and i think a really good tip on that one with everything's in writing and in emails um, when we do ask um, our core like hey we need x y z so a specific example i have now is i need um, some api credentials from someone else on a different team a different project um, for our developers to be able to build out a component. Um, so we right, we type it all up, everything's like written now, um, which is definitely number one tip because if everything's in writing, right, there's no he said, she said. Yes. Um, and then in the writing, we always throw in our little tidbit because we, we've sort of templatized these emails yeah. um, that like, please let us know if this is approved and who else to CC on it, oh, um, right? Because I know who can get me the API information from the other project, but I don't necessarily know their PM and stuff. And so it's very helpful that our core is like, yeah, great, I approve this. Also include, um, you know, Joe, John, Sam, whoever, um, including their the other person's PM. Um, to making up names. I didn't want to call them XYZ. So <laughs> it's the last minute. I like to change like up. That. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then. Um, right, our work that's getting approved right now, the other PM on the other projects are also um, aware. Like you said, RPM doesn't want to get caught off guard. We don't want them to get caught yeah. off guard. We also don't want to do that to other people, right? Because that's the first, like, you feel caught off guard, you get defensive. And we're not trying to do that to anyone. 
Yeah, and I think uh, like naturally what happens is you become kind of you can you become friendly with people on yeah. different contracts. And uh, one of the things that we do is we host monthly office hours, which is um, basically like an open forum for um, anyone that the core is invited, which is a, a large group. It's it's our team, yeah. uh, other contracting teams, the our clients team, their internal yeah. people. It's it's a fairly large invitee list, and then everyone. Basically, the way we host it is, <laughs> you know, we have our our website up and we we intake feedback, mm-hmm. and you know, through using that method, um, but through using some of the communication methods that Maria has talked about with like building those relationships, you know, um, from from the email side when we're actually in a meeting with these people, you know, you can you start to be able to have like a very friendly tone with them, and mm-hmm. you can, you know, not that we. I don't want to say joke around, but it's much more... Um, I mean, there, it's right... It's, it's comfortable. Yeah. It's work joking around. Yeah. You know, it's not like at the bar with your friends joking around. <laughs> it's professional joking around, um, but it's, it's lighthearted, right? It's not super like, oh, hello today. Like, you know, <laughs> we, like, we have one uh, person in office hours who they're lovely and they're always like ready to provide feedback. And I love at how hard like that they're combing through um, our website and anything that we're producing because um, it just makes the product so much better. Um, but so we can joke around when they speak up with it. Oh, yeah. And it's, uh, I, I love that. That's exactly yeah. like what I was thinking of too. Um, it it makes things much more fun in the meetings and they're not, the meetings aren't contentious. They are mm-hmm. just, they're more, they're very professional, like we've said, but they're, you're not as tense as mm-hmm. going into a room of people who you don't know. Yeah. And definitely we've been lucky with building these relationships while we've been in a pandemic. I mean, we've, you know, we've like done most of it all virtually. Yeah, exactly. So. And having these, um, these meet like group meetings has really helped. And I, and like, not to say like the first couple were definitely like intimidating just cause like, you know, it's, <laughs> there was like 50 uh, other people on to Liz <laughs> and I. So I think, right. It's like human nature of like, Oh man, we were like way outnumbered. But knowing that it couldn't really go wrong, but just there were so many people to provide their feedback at one time. Yeah. Was, and and now I look at it, I'm like, oh, good, there's a lot of people. Because it means, like, we're doing, like, people want to come to these and, like, they're, like, actually they getting like something. Us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, at first I was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> Can I take notes fast enough? <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely, that's, I think, been a really, like, fun outcome of building these relationships. And then... Also, during these meetings, you know, there are things that are going to come up that, you know, you have to be, you have to take responsibility for things. And Mm -hmm. so you have to be responsible and say, oh, like, you know, we'll look into it. Like that could be like a typo on our end or it could, you know, it, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's not, um, as you mentioned earlier, like the he said, she said, like we really try not to be in that position. We try to be as open and respectful as possible. And if something does go wrong, like. You know, it's not, we're not trying to pass the buck where we're, yeah. you know, we're addressing it. And especially we have, like, such a large audience on some of these calls. <laughs> that, like, you really, like, you have yeah. to be so transparent. Yeah, and our um, core is on those calls with us because there has been moments where you get in that awkward position of, like, someone has given you feedback or asked a question and you're not quite sure if it's public knowledge yet or how like we probably know the response of how that process is going but it's not our role to 
inform the other um, party who is asking or questioning it. Um, so our core has been really great. She'll jump right in. Um, or on meetings, if she like, has to drop, we know that she has to drop. And I feel like you have the great like one-liner about like, oh, well, we'll note that and like review back. So um, great, because again, we want to make sure we're protecting our core and everyone's always in the best light and not overstepping, that it's okay to say, oh, let me, like, I have to go take that back and find out some more from you, even if you do already know. Yeah, that, that's, that's a it, very yeah. point. Because, like, yeah, like, sometimes things can get off. We're just, like, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be in a meeting that's, like, you're, you know, your client versus, like, you know, other like, stuff like that. It can just be in, like, a normal setting of, like, you know, if you're in your office, like, sometimes you just need to, like, go check with your boss about something yeah. before you... can respond. Yeah, yeah. and it's not... Um, you know, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with doing that and I think that that tactic has worked out well for us mm-hmm. and I think that we've also we've worked hard so when people hear that like we say that they know it's not a cop-out they know that like we're literally going to go back we could, our core is going to hear about this and it's not going to be something that's brushed under the rug it's mm-hmm. we just can't we just don't we don't know the exact words to say at the moment exactly <laughs> <laughs> um and then, oh, sorry, go for it. No, go ahead. Oh, no, and then I was going to say um, being flexible also, I think, is something that we have, we've learned. I think a lot of people have learned that, especially in the, the past year and a half in the, in the <laughs> pandemic of, you know, um, we are on a virtual call. And, you know, sometimes, like, funny things happen, like, you know, the dog barks or, like, the doorbell rings for people or, like, the house phone rings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these are just, like, common things that happen. And I think that this is like has like humanized our relationships a little bit because then it's like oh like don't worry about it. like I have a house phone too or like you know I have a dog or like you know whatever yeah. like the situation is I think being flexible in that sense and then being flexible in um, taking on tasks so mm-hmm. if um, if a task comes up it someone stands up and, and takes it it's not like this like like don't touch the ball you know it's like yeah. not hot potato. Yeah, or if it's, like, I've been able to complete, like, 80% of this task, but I need, um, like, at a very specific one, for some reason in the flyers, um, the file of the PDF that once it got 508-ed, a logo wasn't showing anymore, and no one knew where the source file was, um, but I was able to help out uh, the colleague on the other team um, just since I have the design tools, um, and I could, you know... Not, like, the best flyer, but we're also going to come back to revisit that one since the source file doesn't exist anymore, but was able to help her out in a pinch to get that logo to show up um, for her and get it back up on the website. Um, So I think, like, you know, doing small tasks like that, you know, like throwing each other a bone, right? It helped her out from, like, not being stressed of, like, I don't know how I'm going to get this done or, like, I have to hear from it from my manager even more. Um, great helping people out on those little tasks just I had the tools it was like five minutes of my time Um, yeah I I think those go such a far away for team building because then it's like oh I can count on that person even if it was like an odd situation or like a last minute situation or you know those definitely and I think that's like how like you become friends on your actual like team projects it's (laughs) like you know like xyz is or like this person is like swamped with whatever like if you take off this like one thing that's been like nagging at them but they just like haven't been able to get to on their task yeah. list or like their ticket like 
that makes a world of difference for people because it takes it off them and then like you start to build that that like relationship of like oh mm-hmm. you can count on me like we can like be friends right and, like, like you know. we're all towards the common goal right it's not competitive at all yeah um and then I think also this works back to like at the top of the episode we were talking about how um career growth and stuff um because we're able to help folks complete uh small tasks right they can move on to other things because that wasn't in her wheelhouse at all or even within our own team having those emails templatized we're able to get other teammates to send emails right because we have like stuff for user research activities that is like fairly templatized um and we use confluence which is an online like document repo web browser thing out of um oh my gosh now i'm like digging myself a hole Uh, out of atlassian um which offers a lot of i mean we use jira and confluence so jira helps us uh manage our quote-unquote tickets which are like our to-dos of a project um and confluence is just an online collaboration place where you can go for any uh, documentation so for our ux team right the email templates so someone can take on Um, If we have a new team member rolling on, or sometimes we have different people as resources for like 50% of the time or not, they have, we have that of what's already been approved by our core and they're just changing out the details, like the date and the subject of the activity. Um, And then they're able to grow and get some more experience. Yeah. And especially um, as we've sort of, we've come up in the ranks a little bit over the past couple of years, Mm -hmm. especially like. I think from from like a personal standpoint of like we've gained we just gained confidence and mm-hmm. then we've gotten we've we've had a ton of PM support to yeah. like, like like help us grow. grow yeah and I think that has like we're now in a position where we really want to sort of return the favor and that might not be the correct phrase but we want to make sure that people who maybe have been where we started have the same opportunities that we've been afforded mm-hmm. and like everything is a learning opportunity. Like one, like one of my favorite examples is, um, so we were, one of our other teammates was working on like a visual design of something and like the, the it was great, but like the color scheme wasn't working. Mm-hmm. But then like the day before, like you had taught us about color theory. Oh, okay. And so I was like, like, and I'm like probably like the le- like on our, on our like UX team, I, I am not the designer on the UX team. <laughs> like I'll just, we'll just leave it at that. And so I wasn't, jo- I, I like said it in like a funny way, but I was like, mm-hmm. oh, we can use like blue and orange because Marie taught it, like taught us about color theory yeah. yesterday, like how they, they like balance. Complement. Yeah. <laughs> and so like it came out, like people like laughed at it, but I was like, but I was being serious. <laughs> like, you know, these are like, um, like funny examples of just like in conversation, you pick up like, I would have never guessed like I would have never known anything about this color theory Mm -hmm. thing but it was just something that you were like able to teach us in like a very like nonchalant conversation I don't even know what we were talking about the day before but it like came up and then we could apply it in like real time Mm -hmm. the next day just happenstance so just like you know every every interaction can be something where you teach a tidbit or help someone out with like ways that they don't know yet but they can apply it at a later time Mm -hmm. yeah no I think that is great yeah, do you have any other final thoughts? Uh, I think um, I really like the uh, the no competition that we've that you've like been, yeah. been talking about. I think that has made I think it's made a world of difference um, on our team as like 
teammates, um, mm-hmm. but then also really bridging the gaps when you're working with other organizations, like work towards a common goal. Don't try to attack yeah. each other. I think that's been something that um, we really strive to do. And I think that that has really built a lot of trust because mm-hmm. we've been so collaborative. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's very enjoyable to just email whoever we need to or right then and like because we're in the world of the design and the user experience and the showcasing of the solutions um you can get into those meetings for feedback and they can sometimes become attacking but ours have turned into collaboration and just talking through it um and we've done other steps of um bringing folks in more than just our core whoever she's identified um earlier on into like um the wire framing and whiteboarding, um, which we are now doing in Miro, or you can also do, uh, we have Envision Freehand. We've tended to do it in Miro because we also have all of our user research um, from affinity mapping, which we've talked about before, is we've collected and curated like statements from our user interviews um, into bigger patterns. So we have that right there to reference while we're doing the online quote-unquote, whiteboarding of the wireframe, but having them in earlier, and we've had um, cross-teams be in those meetings, that when we get to the point of, like, feedback on the final mock-up or the UAT, it's, I think, they're more enjoyable. It's not, like, the first time someone has seen, like, oh, my gosh, and now this is, like, the one and only time I have to express myself. Um, They've known, they've been a part of it from the beginning, and I've seen it evolve. Um, so yeah, like we have just changed it to be collaborative. Yeah, that's, that's a great tip. That's, um, I think that's been a world of difference that people can see it throughout the process. Yeah, so, that's for sure. This was Mock It. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share with your friends, and join us next time. As always, if you're interested in learning more about how government and tech collide, visit metrostar.com and follow us on social media.